I wasn't trying to make a ton of money. I wasn't trying to be the biggest pot dealer in Eugene. Almost out of nowhere, the Mexican policia come just running out. So I basically just booked it. I left the scene. I mean, we really could have died. Why'd you do it? I feel like every time I get drunk, we do crazy stuff. Is this being reported to the police? No. Okay. No, I do not report to the police. This is Driving with Strangers. I'm Sam Harnett. For this episode, I ask my rideshare passengers about breaking the law. We hear how a business guy learned his trade dealing drugs. There's an online prank that goes wrong, and an innovator tells us how he incurred the ire of the Indian government. But first, a story from our youngest offender. So when I was, when I was a little kid, I thought that when you went past the checkout at the store, everything after checkout was free in the store, right? Because, like, it's a checkpoint. <laughs> when I was a little kid, I, like, put a bunch of candy or something after the, the, the checkout in my pocket, and I got out of the car, and my mom's like, where'd you get that? So, I don't know, it was after the, after the register. Yeah, it was post-checkout. <laughs> She's like, like, oh, my God, my four-year-old's a thief. That's not bad logic for a four-year-old. Anyway, when it comes to many lines drawn in this world, the logic is pretty arbitrary, as is the punishment for crossing them. What was, your, what was the law that you broke? Oh, well, I crossed illegal, the border to come to the United States. Were you scared? Uh, yeah, absolutely, you are scared, you know, to get caught. Yeah, I mean, we was walking for like a four days and three nights. He walked across a desert between Arizona and Mexico. He was in a pretty big group, and they were being led across the desert by a smuggler. This kind of life-changing trip seems like it would require lots of mental preparation and planning. But he did it on a whim. Just one day, one of my cousins said, like, I'm going to go, and I'm going to cross the border, and I'm going to work in the United States, you know? And they said, like, oh, that sounds kind of exciting, so... Uh, maybe, maybe I go with you for uh, at least one year. That was seven years ago when he crossed the border. Now he lives in San Francisco, and he considers it home. The next passenger is Indian, and much to the chagrin of his family, he moved back to India after college. It was eye-opening, but not in a spiritual ashram yoga kind of way. It was really frustrating to see sometimes how corrupt our government was or how inefficient it was. Take traffic. The roads were a mess. Drivers ran lights, they parked illegally, sped. He and some friends decided to set up a Facebook page where people could post whenever they saw someone break a traffic rule. He says a local newspaper put a story about the page on their front cover, and it went viral. The government was not pleased. The government actually contacted us, and they were like, you know, you got to shut it down. You can't represent us. We're not going to do it. We decided to stick to it and, you know, being like, you know what, screw it. So what if we get thrown in jail? So they kept their page up and the government never tracked them down. And now, he says, several Indian cities have actually set up their own Facebook pages to do exactly what his did. How's this going to work? Am I just going to talk or are you going to interview me? No, you're you're ready to roll. You can just talk. Okay, this guy's going to make a confession. He broke the law in college. I know, big deal, right? Well, he did it repeatedly. He was the pot dealer for his fraternity in Oregon, and he loved it. Selling weed was 
by far the best job I've ever had. I was an entrepreneur, set my own hours. He took the business seriously. The first step was to better understand his product. So he tried to become a connoisseur, identifying things like, how good does it smell? How good does it taste? But most importantly, how much money can you charge for it? The next lesson was in branding. He had started noticing other dealers had fancy names for their weed, like Blu-ray Kush and AK-47. So he and his partner decided to start inventing their own. One of the best names we ever came up with was uh, The Beta. I was really proud of The Beta. I thought it was a really good name. And uh, it stuck. Man, people were talking about The Beta for like six fucking months. They went apeshit about The Beta. And it was no different from any other weed strains I've been giving anyone else. So, early lesson on being an entrepreneur, balancing my books, balancing supply and demand. It was a real hands-on education. And it prepared him for what he does now. Yeah, I'm in sales now, so... Yeah, I learned a lot about sales from uh, selling weed to my friends. This final passenger broke the law online. He was a mischievous 12-year-old. His parents had sent him away to a private middle school. There, he taught himself some computer programming, and he figured out how to send an email from someone else's account. One night, he decided to try out his new trick on the school principal. Uh, so I sent an email from the superintendent of my school district um, in seventh grade to the principal of my school saying uh, a kid had placed a bomb on campus. A bomb. He really didn't think that went through. Honestly, at the time, I don't think I really expected it to work. It worked, and I was like, oh, shit, like, we don't have class today. Let's go watch Fast and Furious 2. That night, it started to dawn on him. This was serious. It could get really bad. He didn't know who to tell, and he started to freak out. Oh my god, I was panicked. I thought, actually, there was a moment in time when I was going to run away from home, because I knew like it was, a, it was a matter of time before the cops like figured it out. He was right. It took three days for the cops to come get him. Not just regular cops. The California Cyber Police. They arrested him right on his middle school campus. They didn't want to send me to juvie, because I was like maybe like 110 pounds and like 5'2". <laughs> so like this kid, this kid goes like to get like his, like the pictures like at the, at the police station, right? And like this little blonde, blonde hair, blue eyed kid that's like been crying for the last 30 minutes in the cop car. Walks in, I'm sure they looked at me and they're like, this kid will get destroyed in juvie. He should go home. The judge sentenced him to do a lot of community service. I asked what compelled him to write the email? And why did he say there was a bomb? Oh man, I don't know. I, I could have said anything. I could have said like, like you're an asshole. And that honestly would have been probably even funnier and like much less harmful. But really, he says, he wanted a reaction. He was trying to get attention and feel important. After the incident, he dropped computers entirely and started reading philosophy. So I ended up getting a tattoo. Um, that's a quote from Plato. That means, like, use reason to guide your actions, basically. So before all this happened, he planned to go to college and get a degree in computer science. You know, something practical. Instead, he studied the classics, Greek and Latin.
To subscribe to the show, go to drivingwithstrangers.org. To hear us on the radio, tell your local station we're available on PRX. The music track today is Mountains by Arvid Tomeko Peters and Barbara Byers. I'm Sam Harnett. Drive safe and keep listening. Thank you.